0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 41 of Ohio Unsolved. I'm your host, Matthew, and today's episode is all about cryptids and monsters. I've touched on the subject of cryptids in the past, but I've never dedicated a full episode to them. Are these creatures real? I don't know, but they are interesting as hell to read it and hear about. So let's just get right into the episode. Everyone sit back. Make sure to lock your doors and windows and get ready for Ohio Unsolved. What are cryptids? They're creatures whose existence have been debated about for hundreds of years. Bigfoot and the Loch Ness monster are two of probably the most known out in the world today. But there are many more that are not talked about as much, and that's where I come in. Monsters that live under your bed, in your closet and attic. They roam the countryside and mountains. They stalk lonely roads in the middle of nowhere and they live under bridges. But the place that they call home the most is our imagination. Whether they're real or not, I certainly don't want to encounter one alone in the woods, especially some of the ones I'm going to talk about today. The first one that we're going to talk about is one of Native American folklore. She is simply called the Deer Woman. The deer woman appears as an extremely beautiful woman with long black hair, and she is often seen wearing a buckskin dress. She has very beautiful dark eyes that can hypnotize men, and her eyes mixed with her beauty are enough to keep them from looking at her feet. If they were able to look down, they would notice that she walks on the hooves of a deer, and she is unable to hide them. In Native American folklore, she would often appear at the celebration of a great victory. She would slip in early to the party, mixing in with the other women dancing near the fire. While dancing, she would look at all the men, trying to pick out the most handsome and athletic of the group. After choosing her victim, she would lure them into the woods with her beauty and mesmerizing eyes. Once they were away from the light of the fire, the deer woman would force her victim to the ground and make love to him until the morning. Once the first light of day would appear, she would suddenly jump up and begin to trample the man beneath her strong and sharp hooves. With her powerful legs, she would stomp on his head and throat until she crushed his skull and tore his throat open, spilling his blood on the ground. Aside from her strong powers over men, the Deer Woman can run faster than actual deer, and she can leap over tall walls and fences. Like many other cryptid creatures, she can control the wilderness around her, and control other animals at will. Being part deer, she has a special connection with deer and other herd animals, and she can command large bucks to attack anyone that might cause her harm. Whether you believe in the dear woman or not, she's definitely a creature that no one wants to encounter. I personally doubt that she's real, but if I am ever alone in the woods, I'm going to be very weary of any beautiful woman trying to lure me in deeper. Now the next creature is a supposed supernatural being, and especially terrifying known as the Cannibal Babe. It can take the form of an infant to attract its victims. From North American folklore, the cannibal babe is supposed to be in Montana, North and South Dakota and Nebraska. It lays in bushes in the brush, waiting for an unsuspecting victim to approach. Once near, the cannibal babe will start to cry, sounding just like an abandoned baby in Anyone who goes to investigate will find a naked infant dirty and scratched and screaming uncontrollably. Only the most cold-hearted person could resist picking up this screaming baby. Once the baby is picked up, it will open its mouth, pleading for a finger to suckle. To avoid the screams of the baby, most adults will offer their finger to try in a pizza baby. But this is where they make their mistake. Once the baby wraps its lips around the victim's finger, it begins to literally suck the flesh and muscle straight from the bone. They almost immediately lose whatever finger that they've offered to the baby. Despite their attempt to throw the monster to the ground, the baby keeps sucking the skin and fat and muscle from the arm. If the creature is actually dropped, it'll crawl over and latch onto the victim's foot or ankle and continue to devour their meal. Once gone, the infant will fall asleep inside the victim's empty rib cage with blood drooling from their lips. The monster will then drag some of the bones back to the small cave where it makes its home. Because of this, its den can often be recognized by a small pile of bones just outside the entrance. Another creature that while it may not exist, just the thought of it is enough to make you wonder. How many of you have thought that you've heard the cry of a baby deep in the woods. Maybe it wasn't actually a baby, but instead it was the cannibal babe. Our final cryptid that we'll be talking about is a little more known than the previous two. The Leeds Devil, or better known as the Jersey Devil. According to popular folklore, the Jersey Devil originated with a Pine Barrens resident named Jane Leeds, known as Mother Leeds. The legend states that Mother Leeds had twelve children, and after finding that she was pregnant for the thirteenth time, she cursed the child in frustration, crying that the child would be the devil. In 1735, Mother Leeds was in labor on a stormy night while her friends gathered around her. Born as a normal child, the thirteenth child changed to a creature with hooves, a goat's head, bat wings, and a forked tail. Growling and screaming, the child beat everyone with its tail before flying up the chimney and heading into the pines. In some versions of the tale, Mother Leeds was supposedly a witch, and the child's father was the devil himself some versions of the legend also state that there was a subsequent attempt by local clergymen to exorcise the creature from the pine barrens prior to the early 1900s the jersey devil was referred to as the leeds devil or the devil of leeds either in connection with the local leeds family or the southern new jersey town leeds point mother Leeds has been identified by some as Deborah Leeds on the grounds that Deborah Leeds's husband Jaffet Leeds named 12 children in the will that he wrote during 1736 which is compatible with the legend Deborah and Jaffet Leeds also lived in Leeds Point section of what is now Atlantic County New Jersey which is commonly the location of the Jersey Devil story Brian Regal, a historian of science at Keene University, theorizes that the story of Mother Leeds, rather than being based on a single historical person, originated from colonial Southern New Jersey disputes that became the subject of folklore and gossip among the local population. According to Regal, folk legends concerning these historical disputes evolved through the years and ultimately resulted in the modern, popular legend of the Jersey Devil during the early 20th century. Regal contends that colonial-era political intrigue involving early New Jersey politicians, Benjamin Franklin and Franklin's rival, publisher Daniel Leeds, resulted in the Leeds family being described as monsters, and it was Daniel Leeds' negative description as the Leeds Devil, rather than any actual creature that created the legend of the Jersey Devil. Much like the mother Leeds of the Jersey Devil myth, Daniel Leeds' third wife had given birth to nine children, a large number of children even for that time. Leeds' second wife and first daughter had both died during childbirth. As a royal surveyor with strong allegiance to the British Crown, Leeds had also surveyed and acquired land in the Egg Harbor area, located within the Pine Barrens. The land was inherited by Leeds' son and family, and is now known as Leeds Point, one of the areas in the Pine Barrens currently most associated with the Jersey Devil legend and alleged Jersey Devil sightings. Stating in the 17th century, English Quakers established settlements in southern New Jersey, the region in which the Pine Barrens are located. Daniel Leeds, a Quaker and a prominent person of pre-revolution colonial southern New Jersey, became ostracized by his Quaker congregation after his 1687 publication of Almanacs containing astrological symbols and writings. Leeds' fellow Quakers deemed the astrology in these almanacs as too pagan or blasphemous, and the almanacs were censored and destroyed by the local Quaker community. In response to and in spite of this censorship, Leeds continued to publish even more esoteric astrological Christian writings and became increasingly fascinated with Christian occultism, Christian mysticism, cosmology demonology and angelology and natural magic in the 1690s after his almanacs and writings were further censored as blasphemous or heretical sorry about mispronouncing that word by the Philadelphia Quaker meeting Leeds continued to dispute with the Quaker community converting to angelicism i miss that word up too and publishing anti Quaker tract criticizing Quaker theology and accusing Quakers of being anti monarchists. In the ensuing dispute between Leeds and the Southern New Jersey Quakers over Leeds's accusations, Leeds was endorsed by the much maligned British royal governor of New Jersey, Lord Cornbury, despised among the Quaker communities. Leeds also worked as a counselor to Lord Cornbury about this time. Considering Leeds as a traitor for aiding the Crown in a rejecting Quaker beliefs, the Quaker-Burlington meeting of Southern New Jersey subsequently dismissed Leeds as evil. During 1716, Daniel Leeds' son, Titan Leeds, inherited his father's almanac business, which continued to use astrological content eventually competed with Benjamin Franklin's popular Poor Richard's Almanac. The competition between the two men intensified when during 1733 Franklin satirically used astrology in his Almanac to predict Titan Lees' death on October of that same year. Though Franklin's prediction was intended as a joke at his competitors expense, and a means to boost almanac sales. Titan Leeds was apparently offended at the death prediction, publishing a public admonition of Franklin as a fool and a liar. In a published response, Franklin mocked Titan Leeds's outrage and humorlessly suggested that, in fact, Titan Leeds had died in accordance with the earlier prediction and was thus writing his almanacs as a ghost resurrected from the grave to haunt and torment Franklin. Franklin continued to jokingly refer to Titan Leeds as a ghost, even after Titan Leeds' actual death in 1738. Daniel Leeds's blasphemous and occultist reputation and his pro-monarchy stance in the largely anti-monarchist colonial south of New Jersey combined with Benjamin Franklin's later continuous depiction of Titan Leeds as a ghost may have originated or contributed to the local folk legend of a so-called Leeds Devil lurking in the Pine Barrens. During 1728, Titan Leeds began to include the Leeds family crest on the masthead of his almanacs. The Leeds family crest depicted a Wavern, a bat-winged, dragon-like, legendary creature that stands upright on two clawed feet. Regal notes that the weavern on the Leeds family crest is reminiscent of the popular descriptions of the Jersey Devil. The inclusion of this family crest on Leeds's almanacs may have further contributed to the Leeds family's poor reputation among locals. And possibly influenced the popular descriptions of the Jersey Devil. The fearsome appearance of the Crests Wavern and the increasing animosity among local South Jersey residents towards royalty, aristocracy, and nobility with whom family crests were associated, may have helped facilitate the legend of the Leeds Devil and the Association of the Leeds family with devils and monsters. There have been many claims of sightings and occurrences involving the Jersey Devil. According to the legend, while visiting the Hanover Mill works to inspect his cannonballs being forged, Commodore Stephen Decatur sighted a flying creature and fired a cannonball directly upon it, to no effect. Joseph Bonaparte, elder brother of Napoleon, is also claimed to have seen the Jersey Devil, while hunting on his Bordentown state, estate about 1820. During 1840, the Jersey Devil was blamed for several livestock killings. Similar attacks were reported during 1841, accompanied by tracks and screams. In Greenwich, during December of 1925, a local farmer shot an unidentified animal as it had attempted to steal his chickens and then photographed the corpse. Afterward, he claimed that none of the 100 people that he showed it to could identify it. On July 27, 1937, an unknown animal with red eyes seen by residents of Downingtown, Pennsylvania was compared to the Jersey Devil by a reporter for the Pennsylvania Bulletin of July 28, 1937. In 1951, a group of Gibbstown, New Jersey boys claimed to have seen a monster matching the Devil's description and claims of a corpse matching the Jersey Devil's description arose in 1957. During 1960, tracks and noises heard near May's Landing were claimed to be from the Jersey Devil. During the same year. The merchants around Camden offered a $10,000 reward for the capture of the devil, even offering to build a private zoo to house the creature if it was captured. During the week of January 16th through the 23rd of 1909, newspapers published hundreds of claimed encounters with the Jersey Devil from all over South Jersey and the Philadelphia area. Among these alleged encounters, were claims that the creature attacked a trolley car in Haddon Heights in a social club in Camden. Police in Camden and Bristol, Pennsylvania supposedly fired on the creature to no effect. Other reports initially concerned unidentified footprints in the snow, but soon sightings of the creature resembling the Jersey Devil were being reported throughout South Jersey and as far away as Delaware and Western Maryland. The widespread newspaper coverage created fear throughout the Delaware Valley, prompting a number of schools to close and workers to stay home. Vigilante groups and groups of hunters roamed the pines and countrysides in search of the Jersey Devil. During this period, it is rumored that the Philadelphia Zoo posted a $10,000 reward for the creature. The offer prompted a variety of hoaxes, including a kangaroo equipped with artificial claws and bat wings. Skeptics believe that the Jersey Devil to partially be nothing more than a creative manifestation upon the imaginations of the early English settlers, with plausible natural explanations including boogeyman stories created and told by Bored Pine Barren residents as a form of children's entertainment, the byproduct of the historical local disdain for the Leeds family, the misidentification of known animals and rumors based on common negative perceptions of the local rural population of the Pine Barren, known as Pineys. The frightening reputation of the Pine Barrens may indeed have contributed to the Jersey Devil legend. Historically, the Pine Barrens was considered inhospitable land. Gangs of highwaymen, such as the political disdained Loyalist Brigades, known as the Pine Robbers, were known to rob and attack travelers passing through the Barrens. During the seventeen and 1800s, residents of the isolated Pine Barrens were deemed the dregs or outcasts of society. Poor farmers, fugitives, Native Americans, poachers, moonshiners, runaway slaves, and deserting soldiers. So-called Pineys have sometimes fostered certain frightening stories about themselves and the Pine Barrens, to discourage outsiders or intruders from entering the Barrens. Pineys were further demonized and vilified after two eugenic studies were published during the early 20th century, which depicted Pineys as idiots and criminals, as seen in the research performed on the cowley family by Henry H. Goddard, which is now considered biased or inaccurate and most likely falsified. Jeff Bruner of the Humane Society of New, of New Jersey thinks the sandhill Crane is the basis of the Jersey Devil stories, adding that there are no photographs, no bones, no hard evidence whatsoever, and worst of all, no explanation of its origins that doesn't require belief in the supernatural. Outdoorsman and author Tom Brown Jr. spent several seasons living in the wilderness of the Pine Barrens. He recounts occasions when terrified hikers mistook him for the Jersey Devil after he covered his whole body with mud to repel mosquitoes. Medical sociologist Robert Bartholomew and author Peter Hassel cite the 1909 series of sightings and the subsequent public panic as a classic example of mass hysteria begun by a regional urban legend. One New Jersey group called the Devil Hunters refer to themselves as official researchers of the Jersey Devil and devote time to collecting reports, visiting historic sites, and going on nocturnal hunts in the Pine Barrens in order to find proof that the Jersey Devil does, in fact, exist. Due in part to their isolated and undeveloped nature, the Pine Barrens have themselves fostered various folk legends. Apart from the Jersey Devil, many other legends are associated with the pine barrens supernatural creatures and ghosts are said to haunt the pine forests include the ghost of the pirate captain Kidd, who supposedly buried treasure in the pine barrens and is sometimes allegedly seen in the company of the jersey devil the ghost of the black doctor the benevolent spirit of an african-american doctor who, after being forbidden from practicing medicine due to his race, entered the Pine Barrens to practice medicine in the isolated communities of the Barrens, and is said to still come to the aid of lost or injured travelers. The ghost of the Black Dog, which, unlike many Black Dog legends, is usually portrayed as harmless. The ghost of the golden-haired girl the spirit of a girl who is said to be staring out into the sea, dressed in white, mourning the loss of her lover at sea, and the white stag, a ghostly white deer, said to rescue travelers in the barrens from danger. There are also folktales concerning the Blue Hole, an unusually clear blue and rounded body of water located in the Pine Barrens between Monroe Township and Winslow Township and often associated with the Jersey Devil. Writing in Jan Harold Brunvan's American Folklore and Encyclopedia, Rutgers professor Angus Cress Gillespie called the Jersey Devil an obscure regional legend, and for most of his, its existence, and said that after more than 250 years in oral circulation, the legend of the Jersey Devil has many variations devil's image used on t-shirts, buttons and postcards and cocktails named after the drink, as indications that the recent history of the Jersey Devil is more in the realm of popular culture than folklore. Yet Another Creature that if it's real, I definitely don't want to meet it for myself. Have any of you had an encounter with any cryptid? Either mentioned in this episode or not. I would love to hear about it and share it in a future episode. Well, that is going to do it for today. I hope that everyone enjoyed the stories. I know I enjoyed looking them up. If you did, don't forget to rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. A five-star rating really helps others to find this podcast as well. Make sure that you join us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and now subscribe to us on YouTube. I would love to reach 100 subscribers by the end of the month. Don't forget that my Patreon will, will return in September with a horror story that I am writing myself. The schedule for the bonus episodes will be the third Friday of the month so the next bonus episode will be live exclusively on Patreon on September 16th. The $5 tiering up will give you access to the bonus episodes. Once again, thank you everybody for listening, and make sure to keep your doors and windows locked, and stay ready for Ohio Unsolved.